Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not launch a presidential bid yesterday. Nope, check it out. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie throwing his hat in the ring. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Certainly a lot of fat jokes going around uh, the Internet about poor Christie. Uh, We will get into some of them. We'll also update you on Mike Pence, uh, Donald Trump's former VP, telling his followers that it's time to move on from Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. Man, oh boy, oh man. It's going to be a messy one today. Stephen A. Smith took more shots at Joe Biden last night. Come on, man. We've got... Fist fights breaking out at school board meetings over Pride Month. What the hell is the world coming to? We do not know. Uh, But Canada's on fire. And uh, New York City has issued an air quality alert, which I just find hilarious as a guy who lives here in a city in which you can't walk a block in any direction without smelling weed or pee or some other bodily fluid. I'm assuming the air quality alert being issued is a means of telling us the wildfires made the air cleaner here in New York. I think he's got a point. I don't know if the point is correct, but 888-788-9910 if you want a part of the show. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just do not, under any circumstances. We'd really appreciate it if you would not be a... There it is. Happy Wednesday. We had a good day on TV yesterday. We were on Waters World. We were on Gutfeld last night. Uh, those clips are on the Fox Across America website if you want to watch a little bit of Fail-A-Vision. Uh Tonight I will be on the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram. And uh, then we're heading, uh, man, oh boy, oh man, Hannity tomorrow night, live studio audience. And then we'll be in Arizona this weekend, slanging some jokes at the Mesa Arts Center. If you want to come out, there's still a handful of seats available this Saturday night, June the 10th. The following Saturday night, June the 17th, I will be hosting, making my debut in the host chair on Fox News Saturday night. Now, to be clear, I am just guest hosting because they haven't settled on a host yet. At least that's what they think anyway. I'm barricading myself into the damn studio. That's that. That's, you know, you got to get creative. You want to land one of these shows. Uh, but the point is, yes, if you're in the TV stratosphere next Saturday, June the 17th, I would greatly appreciate the ratings. If you tune in and watch your radio buddy do his thing on the TV, that is Fox News Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night, June the 17th. That's enough of the sandwich boarding. Uh, let's get into some actual sandwich talk Uh, Chris Christie throws his hat in the ring yesterday, and everyone in the world, everyone in the world, everyone, literally everyone in the world wrote a fat joke on Twitter. That's just how white folks will do you. Now, I have met Chris Christie on several occasions. I actually... Uh, I I did stand up. He was at a benefit I hosted at the Gotham Comedy Club here in New York City. 
And uh, he was in the audience. He was actually a really good audience member. One of the comics made a fat joke about him, and he was like, ha-ha, never heard that before. And he was like a funny sport about the whole thing. And uh, I was a cool guy to meet afterwards. I've met him at hockey games. I once saw him do a town hall in Loudoun, New Hampshire. And I've certainly come across him in the cable news sphere from time to time. Uh, that being said, all of our interactions were pleasant, but I never once walked away from them saying this was a guy that could be the president. I never once walked away from them saying this is a guy that could beat Donald Trump in 2024. Okay. same goes for Mike Pence. Mike Pence is announcing his run for the White House as we speak. It's it's expected to happen in the next few hours. As I'm talking to you, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum uh, announcing his own run up there in North Dakota. So if you're listening on the flag, I hope you're having a good laugh about this one, because this dude has zero shot. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, but understand, as the field is presently constituted, I don't know that there's anybody that could beat Donald Trump. Okay, not DeSantis, not Tim Scott, not Nikki Haley, not Mike Pence, not Chris Christie, not Doug Burgum. Okay, I don't know that any of them could beat Trump head to head, but here's the situation. Okay, the reason the field is getting so crowded, just so you understand, is that the smart money says Trump ain't even going to be in the race. We're going to discuss this later in the hour, okay? It is seemingly imminent that Trump is about to come under federal indictment uh, for his handling of classified documents. This could be a problem. Big problem, okay? And I understand there has been a absolute monstrous double standard when it comes to the DOJ's handling of a Republican president like Donald Trump and a Democratic president like Joe Biden. Tell it like it is. Okay, that... You know, being said, if Trump is under federal indictment and possibly a third indictment in Georgia, he, you know, he can continue to run, but he won't be a viable alternative. You need to win so many independents. You need to win so many moderate Democrats in order to win the general election. That as this goes on, Trump getting indicted federally will say, yeah, it's a witch hunt. They're trying to take him down, you know. Circle the wagons, rally around the flag. I would expect him to see an increase in support short term, but long term, I think it would be a liability. Are we there yet? No, it hasn't happened yet. Okay, so we're merely speculating. But understand, people aren't donating to Chris Christie because they think he can beat Donald Trump. People aren't donating to Mike Pence because they think he can beat Donald Trump. Okay, they're donating to these guys. Because they think they might not have to. Correct the mundo. That's what it is. So it seems like a waste of time today. But if the landscape changes dramatically with Trump being indicted, you know, if you actually do wind up seeing a United States president in handcuffs, which is something I do not wish on anybody, not any of my political enemies, certainly not this country. I mean, we're really descending into banana republic territory. It's a bad spot to find yourself in. And I hope and pray it doesn't come to that because this country's in a bad spot, man. We're in a really bad spot, okay? And when Chris Christie got into the ring last night, I was reading Twitter, and everybody, you know, Trump tweeted a meme uh, in which Christie was announcing his launch, and they had just dubbed in to the scenery an all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) It's silly. I get it. I like a good fat joke. I tell fat jokes about myself. I say this every day. If I wasn't on cable news, I would probably be a before model. That's the truth. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I have some respect. Like, I'm trying. I'm on TV. I'm trying to hold it together, not make the makeup team work too hard. But that's just my reality. I'm surrounded by guys who look like TV stars. I look like the guy who installed your TV. 
So I get it, okay? I get the fat jokes. I get the food stuff. I get everything in between. But as I sat there watching him announce yesterday, I said to myself, you know, I've met Christy. He's not a stupid guy. Okay, I've met Mike Pence. Not a stupid guy. He's not the most interesting guy in the world, but he's not a stupid guy. Why would they be doing this? And people say, well, you know, they want to boost their profile. They want to sell a book. Uh, you know, to be, to be clear, these guys are pretty relevant. Um, I don't know that they're selling millions of books, but that's usually the ulterior motive for someone running for president. They either want to get a cabinet position or they want to become relevant enough to get a job on cable news or boost their book sales. That's always the case. But in this instance, Chris Christie being on TV as an analyst allows him as much exposure as he needs during the election to sell books. Mike Pence can sell a book just the same. And if Mike Pence wanted to go to a TV network tomorrow and start bashing Trump, CNN, to be clear, would hire Mike Pence in a second. CNN is the worst. Okay, but he's not going to CNN because he's not trying to gain prominence, not that you gain any prominence on the lowest watch cable news network in the world. But the point is, this is not a mission about boosting his profile. These are guys who legitimately want to be president. Okay, they want to be president. They have done some fundraising. It's not significant comparative to DeSantis or Tim Scott or somebody like Trump, who I believe is third in fundraising right now in the Republican Party. But it's significant enough, okay, that people with money were willing to donate. Why? Because they could see them in a fractured field, fragmented field anyway, that could potentially either not have Trump in it or have a twice or thrice indicted Trump in it, at which point I'm telling you, you can be the most ardent Trump supporter in the world. And I get on the air every day and say, I am supporting the Republican nominee no matter who it is. But if everything in the tea leaves proves to be true, and it sure sounds like it's true according to Trump and his lawyers, this guy could be under federal indictment, okay? These cases will hang over his head. We can absolutely disparage them as witch hunts and politically motivated, but he doesn't need our vote, okay? He doesn't need your vote. He doesn't need my vote. He needs the votes of people who are just going to see a guy that's under multiple indictments. We've never had a president under indictment in the history of the country. Now we got a guy under two. You know, at some point, moderate voters, independent voters ask themselves, hey, is it possible to get a guy who's like only under one indictment or maybe even no indictments? Call me old-fashioned, so that's the problem. So as Christie jumped in yesterday, okay, here he is speaking to his plan to win over Trump voters, and I just want you to hear it. Again, I'm not telling you to vote for him. I'm not telling you he has any shot as it's presently constituted, but I'm telling you these guys are getting in because they think he might be forced to get out. Here it is, clip one. There is no such thing as Trump voters. He doesn't own them. He didn't take title to them. They're not one of his buildings. They're not one of his failed casinos in New Jersey. Okay, I voted for him twice. Okay, am I a Trump voter then? Hell no, man. In America, we don't get to vote for who we want to vote for. We get to vote for who's left. We get to vote for who's left. Okay, so Trump voters are Trump voters in 2016 when their choice was among 17 of us. And then when it was Trump or Hillary Clinton. A Trump voter... In 2020, in the Republican Party, he had no competition. I'm not eating Oreos anymore. You know that. But neither is Chris. You're not eating Oreos anymore. No more Oreos for either of us, Chris. Don't feel bad for either of us. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Trump giving him a hard time. But I don't agree with Christie's point there. Okay, there are Trump voters. There are people that are ride or die Trump. They absolutely are. He's He's their guy. 
He's the only one they believe will genuinely go to Washington and punch the establishment in the nose. And people want a fighter right now. They're getting trampled by the government at every turn. I don't think anybody should be surprised that voters are flocking to the one guy that fights back, a guy that continues to fight back even after he's been indicted here in New York. But here's more Christie uh, talking about, you know, Trump owning voters. I, I, to be honest with you, I disagree with this, but here it is, clip two. If someone in here was a Trump voter four years ago, maybe this time they say, ah, you know, let me give this guy a shot or let me give one of the other candidates a try. I don't think he owns them. He thinks he owns them. Mm. He thinks he owns them, okay? But let me guarantee you something. He thought he owned the general electorate after 2016. And what did they show him in 2020? Not so fast. Not so fast. Get in the plane and go home. You got it's it. over there. You go home. <laughs> Get in the plane and go home. That's Trump talking to Christie. Too silly. Here's a reality, man. Okay? Everybody all over the Internet's like, oh, Christie's fat. <laughs> Twitter is so lazy, man. <laughs> Guy's fat. Yo, we live in the fattest country in the world. Okay? The fattest country in the world. Okay? I'm chubby. Okay, yeah, Christie's chubby. Trump's chubby. Trump's so, like, seriously, it's like 30 pounds overweight. Wrong. Okay, I don't think he has the physique of a Chris Christie, and I certainly don't. There but for the grace of God go I, though. But the idea that Christie can't be president because he's too fat or Christie shouldn't be running for president because he's too fat is laughable. Have you ever been to Disney World? It's just fat people on scooters eating turkey legs. That's most of the park. It's that and a drag show. That's all they do. That's all they do at Disney World is fat people on scooters and drag queens. It's a different park than the one we grew up going to. It's a weird time to be alive. But the idea that, you know, Christie can't be president because he's too fat is absurd. Okay. Christie can't be president if Trump is still in the race. Okay. But if Trump somehow leaves the race. Not that he's going to do so willingly, but the feds just might make him not an option for voters if it really comes to that. Okay, and I don't want it to come to that for the sake of the country. Okay, Christie cannot win. Okay, cannot win. Okay, with Trump in the race. But if Trump gets taken out tomorrow, it's a wide open field where you've got Christie and you've got Pence and you've got DeSantis and you've got Scott and you've got Haley, all of whom will beat Joe Biden. I agree with that. Okay, here's the deal. Okay, no one likes to talk about this. Okay, I mean, we talk about it on this show. Joe Biden sucks. He's the worst president we've ever seen. Any Republican is going to beat him, probably except Donald Trump. Not that Trump couldn't beat him, but Trump has a lot of negatives baked into the cake and could be under multiple indictments. But the point is, he's the same age as Biden, even though he's in much better shape than Biden by all appearances. It cancels out some of Biden's baggage. If Trump's under two indictments, People yelling that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are corrupt may very well be true. But if they're not under one indictment, let alone two, they're still going to have the win in that category. So the truth is, yeah, if Trump stays in the race, Christie's useless. Okay, but I'm telling you in the fattest country in the world, if Trump gets out of this race, Chris Christie may very well have his just desserts. It's time. 
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Smoked out New York City right now. It's fascinating. This whole city is doused in marijuana. You can't walk an inch without smelling marijuana. And we're getting an air quality alert about burning trees up in Canada. Like, hey, can you do something about the burning trees here? I think he's got a point. Michael's across the river in Bridgewater. Let's see what he's breathing in. Yo, Michael. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Good. Isn't it funny to hear people care about the air quality in the tri-state area suddenly? Yeah, pretty ironic, definitely. <laughs> so, if you're coaching, so, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to, Mikey said you had a good, you had some good coaching advice for Trump. Yeah, uh, this is what I want to say about Trump. He he needs to keep attacking DeSantis, but definitely not waste his time punching down. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but it's just a waste of his time. These other than DeSantis, no one has a shot against him. Mm-hmm. There's also three other things that I think he's doing too much of and that he really needs to cut down on. And I'm curious if you agree with any of these three things. Okay. The first is he clearly stops, uh, needs to stop spending so much time with Barron. He's wasting way too much time doing that. <laughs> the second is he needs to stop going to church so often. And the third is he needs to stop kissing up to dictators mm-hmm. like Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Which of those do you think he should scale back on? <laughs> well, the co- the conventional line of attack right now is that he's been too cushy with his praise of Kim Jong-un. That's what a lot of the Republicans are saying. Uh, the truth is Trump doesn't have to change anything to win the primary. The general is the issue. He can win the primary. He might even win the primary under double indictments. I'm not kidding. You know, it very well may. But the general election is something I don't think people are being honest with themselves about because you want him to win. It's like betting on your own team. If you love something, they tell you not to bet money on it because it can collapse your judgment. So I don't know if I was advising him that I would do anything other than what you just said, which is this is a Trump versus DeSantis thing. But Trump should lead on his record because his record's better, I think, with moderates and independents than his personal style. So I don't know. I'll send a memo down to Mar-a-Lago. I'll let you know if either of us get the consulting gig, okay? We we all know how focused he listen. is all the time, yep. especially on He's foreign just got to stay there. Keep it focused. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holding this country together, one radio break at a time. We're going to have a grown-up talk a little bit later in the show with Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee Senator. Uh, Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff stopping by. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 
Come on, we got to talk across the aisle. Uh, we will also be talking to Fox News Sports reporter Jared Max about this big golf merger between the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tournament. Money, 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 money. That's all it was in the end. We'll get into that as well. But right now, we're talking to Kevin, who is down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yo, Kevin. My man. How you doing, pal? Am I on the air, Jimmy, with you right now? Are you ever, Kevin? You and me doing the damn thing, whole country listening. Come on, let's get it on. Sorry for the pause there. So okay. so I'm I'm a native Iowan, but I have a ton of experience with the Iowa caucuses going back, you know, 30 years. And, you know, my family's been involved. And I just wanted to shed some light on that because it's so unique and so different. Yes. A lot of people may not be aware, like your call screener, I don't know the gentleman's name, when I told him, you know, Bob Dole won Iowa in 1988 with 37,000 votes. Wow. That's it. That's it. Pat Robertson came in second with 27,000. It is so small. But in case we run short on time, I want to get this, yeah. this top point in there. And that is um, in, a, in 2008, I was back observing. We went out to visit family. We stopped by Romney's uh, event. And mm-hmm. then the night, Huckabee won Iowa in 08. Yep. And I was at his victory party, and my mother – and a friend, and my sister was a big McCain person. They actually had a fundraiser for McCain at their house back then, and Huckabee, actually. But here's an inside scoop, an inside tip that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. Huckabee didn't really win Iowa. Ooh. The night before the, the caucuses in 08, McCain did not want Romney to win. Mm-hmm. He knew he wasn't going to win, McCain. He told all his people to vote for Huckabee oh. so that Romney wouldn't win. And so there could be horse trading. I think that's what yes. makes Iowa an unknown. Yeah, it's not. Let yeah. me just let me articulate this quick, and then I'm going to give you back the floor. It's not. Iowa is not a everybody votes, and the guy who gets the most votes wins. It's everybody caucuses. So there's opportunities to change your vote, is there not? Well, yeah, you get in there, you talk for two hours. They actually set the, the, the platform, the planks for the party. It's a multi-tier thing. You start in your own precinct. And then they have a county, a district, and a state. Funny, another funny point. In 2012, uh, uh, Ron Paul actually, every you know, uh, mm-hmm. Romney wins the state. He leaves. Ron Paul keeps working it, and Ron Paul actually technically won the state because they kept going to meetings mm-hmm. and county conventions, etc., and won the delegates over. So now Iowa's a small state. It's not going to yeah. make or break the nomination. Mm-hmm. But these sorts of things go on. And I'll tell you another interesting thing. I think. I, back in when I got my start in politics, I was going to go for Kemp, and my mother scooped me up. Says no, Pat Robertson. Mm-hmm. They make me a precinct captain. Mm-hmm. I'm leading the meeting. Precinct captains start out as a temporary leader, and then the meeting elects the the, the leader for the caucus. Uh-huh. And they don't have printed ballots. Yeah. We actually voted on torn up pieces of paper folded in half. <laughs> you forget how fancy it can get out there, you know. Um, yeah, I love it. I listen. I was just in Iowa. I was in Davenport. I mean, if I had one complaint, it's just you know the state is so hilly, you know. But uh, I yeah, I have a, I, well, <laughs> I, go I ahead. Kid. No, I kid. Um, no, it was great out there. We, we we loved it out there. But this is where Iowa is significant. It's going to build a narrative. Like if somebody wins Iowa, wins New Hampshire. If Trump does those two things, he's inevitable, and he's skiing downhill. Just the same as if Trump loses Iowa and New Hampshire. It might, you know, lead some of his hardened supporters to smell the light and realize electability is going to be a factor here. Very important to get off on the right foot. I mean, Jimmy Carter got his start in Iowa. Barack mm-hmm. Obama got his start in Iowa. A fun, another funny thing, I'm, we're out there observing, mm-hmm. and I'm in the hotel in 08, the morning after the Iowa caucuses. There's an African-American woman there. 
it's like early in the morning, uh-huh. just her and I, and we're, we're strike up a conversation. We're watching the results on television. And then uh, she says she's from Illinois. She was actually, somebody comes walking by and they go, oh, hi, Senator Collins. I'm like, what? They had like a whole busload of people from Illinois. Now, I hope they didn't vote in the caucuses, but <laughs> very informal process. Holy heck. It's, well- you know, this is all good intel. And as we get closer, make sure you give us some more dispatches. You're kind of the senior correspondent to caucuses now, Kevin. Congrats. Thank you. I, I accept your I accept your appointment. <laughs> there you go. We didn't have to talk salary with this guy. Kevin, you're great. We need to hire more people like you. All right, we'll do it again, brother. Have a great day. I appreciate the call. Uh, the great Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia, with a lot of experience out in Iowa. Everything I know about Iowa comes down to fair food. It's just beer. It's just beer and elephant ears. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I don't know. It's been a great way to go through life. Uh, Chris Christie, one more clip I wanted to play you. Here is Steve Kornacki over on MSNBC. Uh, Steve Kornacki at MSNBC, he's like their data guy. He gives them the percentages and stuff on, you know, who's polling where. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Bill Hemmer works the big board here on election night over on MSNBC. It's Kornacki. So Kornacki is like a, a Hemmer light. Okay, I don't want to call him a Bud Light. He's a Hammer Light. Okay, I, I have no ill will for this gentleman. But here he is making the case, according to him anyway, that Christie can land a punch on Trump. Clip nine. Christie's got a different stage presence. Christie's got a different style. I don't know how it'll work, but if, and it's a huge if given the polling criteria that's going to be involved here, if Christie can make the debate stage, if Donald Trump shows up for it, and if Christie does what he's telegraphing, uh, as Shaq's reporting there, he's going to do it could be a variable we haven't seen in 16. I don't know if it elevates Christie at all in terms of his standing, but could it land a punch against Trump that nobody in nearly a decade now of watching Trump interact with the Republican Party that nobody has managed to land? Come on. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Trump's tough, man. I don't know that you're going to beat him head to head. I, I, I genuinely, I don't know that. You know, I love this stuff, man. Uh, I love it. It's sports. I'm just watching a battle royale. You got a lot of formidable guys in the ring. The Republicans do have a very deep bench. But what Bill Barr was saying, some of you like Bill Barr. You appreciate him coming on the show. And Bill Barr is a pretty interesting guy because I'll tell you all the time. He has serious differences with Donald Trump, uh, but he'd vote for him over any Democrat. I mean, you've got to appreciate that candor. You know, that's a guy who's calling what he believes to be a fair fight. He says when it comes to this looming indictment, and Trump's lawyers did meet with the DOJ earlier in the week, okay, he does say, as far as Bill Barr's interpretation, this one isn't a witch hunt in the sense that Trump very well may have done something reckless because he has a penchant for being a little reckless. If you don't believe me, check his Twitter feed. But here is Bill Barr, clip 14. Based on the facts, as the facts come out, I think over time people will see that this is not a case of the Department of Justice, you know, conducting a witch hunt. In fact, they approached this very delicately and with deference to the president. And this would have gone nowhere had the president just returned the documents. But he jerked them around for a year and a half. And the question is, did he deceive them? And if there's evidence of that, uh, I think people will start to see that this says more about Trump than it does the Department of Justice. And that is that uh, he's so egotistical that he has this penchant for for conducting, you know, risky, reckless acts to show that he can sort of get away with it. It's part of asserting his his mm-hmm. his ego. And he's done this repeatedly at the expense 
of all the people who depend on him to conduct the public's business in an honorable way. And, you know, we saw that with both impeachments. And there's no excuse for what he did here. Whether it's a crime or not remains to be seen. Get him out of here. Get him out. Too silly. Uh, so Barr's not saying it definitely is a crime because he doesn't know yet. He's just saying, you know, Trump has a penchant for throwing the occasional wild pitch, as he was wont to do on Twitter. You know, you love all of Trump's policies. They're fantastic. Yes, secure the border. How the hell, why, why the hell wouldn't you want to? You know, boost our support for the police. Stop decimating our manufacturing base by selling it out to our biggest geopolitical foe over in China. Trump's policies are good America first policies. Dare I say they're great America first policies. They genuinely are. Okay. But from time to time, he gets up there on the pitcher's mound and, uh, you know, misses the strike zone by a little bit. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. The scuttlebutt right now in Washington is that people do expect him to be indicted federally. Now, I listen, I, for the sake of the country, I hope and pray it's wrong. But if we've learned anything in the era of Trump, it's that nothing, and I mean nothing, is beneath establishment politicians when it comes to stopping this guy. Nothing. Okay, it's hard for me to give them the benefit of the doubt. It is. You know, knowing the first impeachment was a joke. Okay, the second impeachment, what was the point of the second impeachment? He was already out of office. So they were just impeaching to bar him from running ever again, which I got to be honest, if that's not politically motivated, what is, you know? That's true. That is true. Like, come on, a little crazy. I mean, if somebody wanted to criminally, you know, arrest the man for inciting a riot or something, if they thought it rose to that criminal standard, they would have acted on it. But they didn't act on it. You understand? Why didn't they act on it? Because he didn't incite a riot. That is correct. We might not like January 6th. Let's be honest. Okay, but it doesn't mean it was what the Dems said it was, was a white supremacist planned coup to overthrow the government. Come on, man. Okay, but because some of those things play into the Fed's hand in the sense that they can characterize Trump in the court of public opinion, they don't have to convict him in the court of law. That's the Mueller probe was. It was a conviction in the court of public opinion. They didn't have any dirt on him. They knew the whole the whole rumor was started by the Clinton campaign. It was opposition research. So the Mueller probe, the process, was the punishment. They knew he wasn't going to jail for collusion. But if they leaked a, a thousand anonymously sourced bombshell reports one after the other, none of them proved to be true. But the fact that they could get on TV every day and be like, the walls are closing in. Oh, he's going to take a perp walk out of the White House. Two years of that's effective. People are like, yeah, this guy's colluding with Russia. You believe this? What a time to be alive. It's nuts. Okay, and that's what they did. They tried to get him to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, create the perception that he had something to hide. That's what they do to the guy. So I'd have a really hard time taking him at their word that he jeopardized our national security by taking home some of these documents. That being said, he is a guy that's known to throw a wild pitch from time to time. So we're in an interesting place. But the only point I'm trying to make here is Chris Christie does not think he can beat Donald Trump. Mike Pence does not think he can beat Donald Trump. But if they've got some insight... Okay, that he might not be as significant of a threat in the race, then the fact that they jumped into this thing makes a hell of a whole lot more sense. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And unless you live under a rock, which would cost you like 8300 a month here in New York City, I think is the current rate. You and a roommate could live under a rock for 8300 uh, breathe in some of that Canadian wildfire air. Uh, you probably heard of all the money uh, that they're burning through over on the Live Golf Tour. They have now merged uh, with the PGA, uh, much to the outrage of some of the players and 9-11 families and everything in between. Joining us now to pull it all into focus, he's the only guy that can see through this smog. Uh, Fox News reporter, sports reporter, Jared Max in the house. Hey, hey, hey. I'm wearing my blue blockers today, so everything looks like yellow like New York City. <laughs> They were talking about the yellow haze during the Yankees game last night. I was thinking if, if Jimi Hendrix in 1966 only had a dream about this. Yellow haze. I do laugh at this. Do you really quickly, as a guy who's in, in and out of New York all day, isn't it funny to hear them suddenly care about the air quality? <laughs> we were not exactly leading the league in air quality here in New York. But give me take take me into this golf world for a second because, wow, what a bag of cats. Yeah, right off the bat, there, you know, there's so much confusion. Mm-hmm. This story broke yesterday, and, and even as, like you just mentioned, that, you know, we talk about a merge with uh, Live Golf and the PGA Tour, but it's not actually Live Golf who the merge is with. In uh-huh. fact, chances are Live Golf very well may go away. Okay. As Rory McIlroy pointed out today, mm-hmm. when he spoke ahead of the RBC Canadian Open, there's a big difference between LIV and PIF, the Public Investment Fund. Okay. I still hate LIV. Like, I hate LIV. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from LIV. Is it, now let me ask you this: But is the money this is the money source the same? Like, what's the gripe? I don't I don't particularly so know. So the public investment fund uh-huh. that is which has backed Live Golf mm-hmm. to this point. Mm-hmm. Now the public investment fund is also going to back the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Okay, and and as Rory McIlroy pointed out, Jay Monahan, much maligned CEO now of this new formation, he's the commissioner of the PGA Tour. He is essentially still the guy who people are going to have to answer to, including the live golfers. They thought, oh, Greg Norman is our boss, essentially. Uh Greg Norman seems now out of the mix. That's what I was going to ask. So did he get kneecapped in this whole thing? He he only learned just before the announcement yesterday that it was going to happen, and he is not being mentioned in any particular future plans Uh uh, for what will be live golf. We don't – there's more – as Rory McIlroy pointed out, there's more questions than answers. I don't understand all the intricacies of what's going on. There's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of things still to be um, sort of thrashed out, but at least it means that – the litigation goes away, which has been a massive burden for everyone um, that's involved with the tour and that's playing the tour. Rory McIlroy. We can start to work toward, you know, some sort of way of of unifying the game at the at the elite level. Rory McIlroy, an elite golfer, Jimmy, has mm-hmm. been the face of the PGA Tour for much of about the last year and a half uh-huh. in, in their fight against Live Golf. Mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy is making it clear that golf is going to go on. In a bigger way, but I what I see here, mm-hmm. golf is an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Baseball, team sport. Think about back in the day, mm-hmm. Kurt Flood, Andy Messersmith, guys who pushed for free agency mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. I think the same thing is happening here. The only difference is we saw the, the people who, who created Live Golf uh-huh. saw that there was a great need for players. Hey, they should be making more money. They want a larger piece of the pie. So they create Live Golf. A bunch of players defect from the PGA Tour, from the DP World Tour. They go to Live. They realize, whoa, there is the money there. Mm-hmm. 
And now it's all kind of coming together where it might be in one form, but it's almost like free agency for golf. Uh The tough part is there are a lot of guys who said, I'm going to stick with the PGA Tour. I'm not going for that Saudi money. I'm not not taking that blood money as they – and now they're saying, wait a second, should I have taken that – Money. Well, uh, if they if they knew it was going to come to this all along, I bet you a lot of them would have. You know, so do the players on some level feel duped by this? Uh, definitely. Yeah. In fact, one player yesterday during a meeting with PGA Tour Commissioner uh, Jay Monahan, as players were saying you should resign, and they, and he got standing ovations. Mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy tried to pipe him down, and Rory was told to bleep off. Get out! Wow, I love this. Golf is getting feisty again. This is like feisty. when Barb Barker punched Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I haven't seen golf this feisty since Happy Gilmore. That was in, I don't know that that was real golf. Uh, it's crazy to me. Uh, this is the only other thing I wanted to throw at you, though, because there is a lot of um, obvious backlash from golfers themselves. Journalists haven't been too critical because I don't know that they want to upset the Saudi prince. They don't have the be- <laughs> he doesn't have the best track record of handling journalists. Are, are, are we safe in our conversation right yeah, now? Have of course I got over the line? No, no, yet? you're <laughs> fine. I got you covered. There's no fatwa yet. You're going to be okay. But not, it's crazy. If not, there's this yellow smog which might shield, and they won't be able to see. <laughs> Jared Max, in 40 seconds or less, because we're going to go to break, uh, will the PGA Tour get back to being the PGA Tour, or is this going to upset the Apple car for the foreseeable future? I think it's going to take maybe a little bit of time for things to shake out before we know what's what. 1966 is mm-hmm. when the NFL agreed to merge with the AFL. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until 1970 that they were all one happy family playing within the same league against each other. Okay, Great change takes time. And this will, the money change was needed, clearly. The market showed that. Okay, good talk. Jared Max, the guy knows stuff. That's why you bring him on in the smoke. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There he is, back in action. Big hour coming up. On Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to talk across the aisle and bring on Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it. We got to hear what they're thinking on the other side of town. That's what we do in this show. We bring the country together. It is an audio safe space for people who don't need to agree. They don't need confirmation bias. They just need an honest conversation. And the honest conversation being had in some circles on the left is that Joe Biden has lost his marbles. I admire your honesty. Well, then you're going to admire Stephen A. Smith's honesty more. Let me play this for you. Last night, Stephen A., who is, of course, a superstar, NBA uh, reporter over on ESPN, superstar pundit. He is one of the great joys of my relationship with my son Lincoln as we walk around the house impersonating Stephen A. Smith. We always make fun of Stephen A. And not in a bad way. I've met him. He's a really sweet guy. But, you know, I I like that he's very emotional. He's a passionate man. So me and Lincoln do everything passionately. We're like, pass the peanut butter! Now why are you going past the peanut butter like that? Why can't a brother just get a regular peanut butter? We love it. We love Stephen A. Smith. So it's like an homage. You know, we always talk about him yelling about Jimmy Buckets, who's on the Miami Heat. Jimmy Buckets is coming for you! (laughs) We love it. We think it's the funniest thing in the world. So anyway. Stephen A. Smith last night goes on Hannity, a show I will be on tomorrow night. Hey, girl. Uh, and talks about voting for Chris Christie before any Democrat <laughs> because of Biden's cognitive issues. Now, this is just a reality that 32 percent of the American public 
does not think Joe Biden is mentally fit to serve. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. That's not a real word. He speaks oftentimes in words that aren't real, in sentences that don't actually, com- com- you know, complete to uh, plead guilty to what I'm charging him of doing. I'm not getting the word. <laughs> I'm not getting the words out of my mouth either. Do you speak any English? Listen to me. I'm like, yeah, this Biden guy. He can't talk. But seriously, okay, Biden's a mess. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Okay, he's not the best at it, and it doesn't mean we wish him any ill will. There, but for the grace of God, go I. But Stephen A. Smith was on with Hannity last night, and he started talking about Biden. Uh, here it is. It is clip eight. I'm looking at him and. I don't like what I see. I'm not impressed with what I've seen. I've been very concerned with what I've seen. And the fact that he's going to be 82 years of age right. at election time, if he were to win the election and he'd be in a White House until he's 86 years old, I think in the year 2023, it is utterly embarrassing that the liberal side has him as their best Candidate, what does it say about you when that is the best candidate that you can give the left? That is ridiculous. That's not a knock against That's, Joe Biden. It more so than little... it's an indictment against the Democratic Party. <laughs> Come on, man. That's <laughs> not good, man. This is where this is a big, I mean, a big liability for the Democrats. Okay, Stephen A. Smith is the most prominent face on ESPN. Okay, yeah, ESPN has gotten a little woke over the years. Everything woke turns to Surely. Okay, but sports are as prominent in the lives of the American people as they've ever been. As they've ever been. Are people mad at ESPN? Yes. Did some people walk away from the the NFL over Colin Kaepernick? Yes. But Stephen A. Smith's reach and clout have only increased during that span. Him starting a conversation as a non-political guy, just like Ice Cube, O'Shea Jackson, starting a conversation as a non-political guy. Okay, you won't hear this acknowledged in the pundit class. They're not going to do a segment on this on CNN tonight. They're not going to do a segment on this on MSNBC tonight. Okay, but in the actual black community where people do converse amongst each other, Okay, where people do feel entitled to their own opinions. They don't feel like it's the Democrats' right to dictate how their voting strategy should go. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Don't forget, okay, Biden won with an overwhelming amount of support from the black community. But Trump did get the highest level of black support of any Republican since 1960. So understand, Republicans are gaining black voters. I mean, big, big swaths of black voters. Why? Because there are a lot of prominent black Republicans right now. Tim Scott, Byron Donald's come to mind right out of the gate. But more importantly, and this is the more important part, because black voters aren't responding to the identity politics, the white Democrats are. Okay, Republican policies are actually doing more to help the black community. Bingo. So when you've got the idea that Republican policies are helping the black community more, number one, and they are. Republicans didn't want to defund the police, and that really spiked the black murder rate. Democrats wanted to do that. Okay, Republicans don't want the border open. Okay, Democrats do. 
Republicans don't oppose school choice. Democrats do. That's just reality. Okay, so when you really think about what's going on right now in this country, Republican policies are better for every community, not just the black community, every community. And the Democrats have gotten by on identity politics, calling other people racist, saying you got to vote for us because we're going to calibrate everything we do to your skin color. Remember Martin Luther King said, I want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. The Democrats have done a 180 on that. They're like, shut up. We're not doing that. Color of your skin is everything. It's 2023. What are you talking about? Okay, for real, that Martin Luther King speech would be like a right-wing strongman in this day and age. Tim Scott essentially gave the same speech on The View. He was like, we're not oppressed. A black man can be anything in this day and age. And the white women on The View were like, no, you can't. Shut up. The View is awful. But that's what they did. That's crazy. But that's who the Democrats are. But understand, if a prominent black figure like Stephen A. Smith starts telling millions and millions of followers that Biden is too old, Okay, a conversation is going to be had about whether or not Biden's too old. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Big time. Why? Because Joe Biden's advice when he was asked at the time he was going to launch a reelection bid at a time when 32 percent of the country thought he was mentally fit to run. Joe Biden was asked, what is your message for people who think you're too old to do the job? And what was Joe Biden's response? He goes, watch me. He looked right into the camera and goes, watch me. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And since telling people to watch him, we've seen him fall down a dozen times. We've seen him talk to dead people who weren't alive at press conferences. Jackie, is she here? Where's Jackie? I talked to Jackie. I mean, it's bad stuff. We see him get lost going the wrong way off a stage. I'm not happy about that. I don't look at it and go, oh, this is a good thing. I look at it and go, this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. It's sad, man. I don't want, you know. I don't think it's cool. The Democrats think it's cool because it allows them to be president. That's reality. Joe Biden being in office allows other people, bureaucrats, to run the country. They don't have to win elections to wield the power that they do. Okay, here's a little more Stephen A. Smith on his own podcast, Clip 23. Without trying to engage in any kind of ageism at all because I don't believe in it, there does come a point in time where there are certain jobs you don't need. It's not that you don't need to be working. It's not that you don't need to be living your life. It's not that you don't need to be living a very vibrant lifestyle or anything like that. But there are responsibilities that are far, far, far more extensive than, let's say, the typical nine to five that somebody in their 80s may not need to be doing. I think the presidency is one of them. I do. You are correct, sir. He's correct. Okay, Biden shouldn't be anywhere near the Oval Office. And it's sad that they do that to the guy, because if you watch him most days, he's not cognitively fit to do the gig. And, uh, you know, you watch him walk. The guy can't walk, man. It's sad. It's not I don't go like, yay. I think it's terrible. His wife likes being first lady. She loves it. Things is great. She's got all over the magazine, you know, covers She's all over the world. She's lauded as like a saint in the media. The View nominated her for Surgeon General. She's not even an actual doctor. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But that's how ridiculous the Democrat fangirling is in the media. Okay, think about this. Are the Democrats openly discussing, openly discussing Joe Biden's age right now? The answer would be no. Think about that. The New York Times just wrote a piece straight up saying the guy was sharp as a tack. That was embarrassing. It really was. They're like, oh, this guy's great. We can't even keep up with him. We don't know how he does it. Like straight, like state-level propaganda. This is like them telling you Kim Jong-un shot 18 holes in one. It's crazy. But that's what they do, okay? Straight propaganda. 
But I bring up the fact that they're not even talking about his age. He would be, understand, he's already the oldest guy ever to hold office. He was the oldest guy ever to hold office on the day he was sworn in the first time. This time around, by the end of the term, he'd be 86. Okay, right now, Joe Biden comes off, and he's about, you know, 81. Uh, He comes off uh, as, you know, he comes off as like a young 190. Like a young 190. But the point is, the Democrats aren't even raising the question. That shows you how derelict in their duty the media is. Ronald Reagan left office at 76. Okay, and they spent the last four years of his administration being like, oh, that old dementia. He's got issues. Doesn't know where he is half the time. Come on, old man. You can't run the country. At 76, they said that about Ronald Reagan. They said it about him at 75 and at 74 and at 73. Nah, nobody that old should be president. Then the Democrats ran somebody who was even older, and they were like, we're all in on this guy. This is politics as usual. Think about that. Not only is it politics as usual, think about like a guy like Trump. Okay, Trump once walked down a ramp at West Point in the rain. Soaking wet ramps. President of the United States doesn't want to fall. Tells the guy next to him, I'm going to hold on to your arm till we get down this ramp. I'll take some small steps. And the media's like, oh, look at those small steps. Dementia, Alzheimer's, something bad. I'm telling you, who walks down a ramp like that? The media is a bunch of losers. Crazy. Okay, but the people who said that are silent. As a man falls multiple times on the way up the stairs to Air Force One. Silent as the guy... Trips after a speech last week. Oh, it was a sandbag. I didn't see it. Well, I don't know. Maybe look out for it. I mean, that's the problem. Crashes his bicycle. He doesn't know where he is half the time. Goes the wrong way, leaving the stage. Shakes hands with invisible people. And everyone in the press, everyone in the media, they don't have a word to say about it. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Really think about that. They were telling you Reagan had Alzheimer's for the entirety of his 70s. He left office in 76. Okay. Biden gets on stage, gets the state wrong, the country wrong, calls Kamala the president, calls out to dead people, shakes hands with invisible people, falls down constantly. And the Democrats are like, four more years. And I'm telling you, this is where the media fails all of us. If America is the priority, if America is a priority, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, if America is the priority, we're all looking at the president right now in unison that he shouldn't be any, he shouldn't be running water, let alone the country. But there's two things it tells you. Number one, they don't consider him the president. They consider him the president by face, but the bureaucrats are running it behind the scenes, and that's why they want four more years of this. The more cognitively impaired he becomes, the better. They'll never make Kamala president. They'll just keep presidenting on their own behind the scenes. Number one, that's the big tell. They don't need him to be in charge in order for him to be president. But number two, we are so politically far gone. It's so much more important to beat the other side than it is to prioritize the good of the country that half of our population isn't even having this conversation. We're living in an America where the Democratic nominee is expected to sail to the nomination in the primary season. That's what they keep saying. Ah, he's going to sail to the nomination which I got to be honest with you is ridiculous, but it's probably a lot safer than him biking to the nomination or walking to the nomination. He's an old guy. 
dementia can't lead us and the country is screwed tell some big lies barely speaks english sniffs children and their mom's hair too goes the wrong way when he leaves his speeches gets lost each day in the white house yard all the dems say that we should re-elect him how can he run when walking is hard and Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. We will try to get to more of your calls later. We've got Jessica Tarloff coming up. We've got UFOs landing on the planet. Here's KJP, Kareem Jean-Pierre, being asked about that at the White House yesterday. Clip 384. This whistleblower report uh, alleging that the U.S. military has been retrieving craft of non-human origin for at least several decades. Are we alone? And if we were not, would you even tell us? I would refer that question to the Department of Defense and let them answer that question for you. She is so bad at her job. KJP says, ask the Department of Defense. So the allegation coming from David Grush, he is an Air Force veteran that worked with the highest security clearance as it pertains to UFOs, which are now called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. He alleges that the government is covering up active knowledge of foreign spacecraft that we have retrieved. They have crashed on this planet, and according to him, his sources say we have UFO spacecraft going on right now on this planet. Uh, he himself hasn't seen the documents. He doesn't actually have any proof that it happened. Uh, but he does come at this with a very high security clearance and says he witnessed things. Uh, let me give you some of this. Clip 39. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will. Uh, it's probably not the right parlance, but uh, no kidding, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. What? That can't be good. <laughs> well, they're not very good at flying if we have them. Uh, it means they crash. They're not doing great. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, this is the problem. The government lies to you about so much. So much. Iraq having weapons of mass destruction. That's what they said. Oh, no, Iraq, we got to go in. It's got weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Didn't turn out to be the case. Then they were like, you can't get COVID if you've been vaccinated. You can't. <laughs> Turned out not to be the case. Trump colluded with Russia to overthrow the election. 
-hmm. These are our government's lies. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. A lot of big lies. So would they lie to us about whether or not UFOs are real? Yeah, probably. Probably. But I still have some suspicions. Because if UFOs have spent three minutes on Twitter, I don't think they'd want to land here. If they're as intelligent as we claim they are, I don't think they want anything to do with this place. We'll ask Jessica Tarloff. She's a fan favorite. She joins us next on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to juice the ratings right now. Heading into the summer sweeps week. Uh, she is a fan favorite. You watch her on The Five all the time. The lovely and talented Jessica Tarloff. Hey, girl. Hey. I will have you know really quickly. Mm-hmm. I know those headphones are weird as you they strap are. them I on. I also have huge ears. You did. So it's difficult. <laughs> she actually flew here. You, using my dad her ears. called me Dumbo when I was young. <laughs> and they're from him. And I was like, you did this to me. And he was like, well, yeah, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but welcome to the circus nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, you need to know this. Kennedy and I were just on the road in Davenport, Iowa. Your streak, this is important, okay? <laughs> you come up at Q&As. You have a strong Q&A presence. All right. People always ask. Like, people people listen to the show, okay, will ask about you because they want to hear me explain you to the people who are TV viewers. You know what I mean? Ah. There's two different JTs. You know they say in the movie White Men Can't Jump, Wesley Snipes famously says to Woody Harrelson, he's like, white people, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you can't hear him. <laughs> you know, that's his take. That's how Fox Across America listeners feel about Jessica Tarloff. They'll, they go like, oh, white people, you watch Jessica Tarloff, but you can't hear her. They don't get to know you the same way. Yeah. No, you you actually I mean I meant to tell you this off the air, but I don't want to butter you up before the interview. You actually have a strong you have a strong Q and A presence. How about that? I like it. I'm gonna tell my agent. Be like, the- add this to the list of bullets of why I'm <laughs> I'm employable. Um, but it's funny because last week, um, on the five mm-hmm. I was hosting, you know, this segment called The Fastest at the uh-huh. end where we do three kind of silly topics. And it was about I forget who said that oh Elon Musk, the savior of the world, uh, mm-hmm. said that, like, liberals just aren't funny. Mm-hmm. So I'm hosting it, so I can't really be defensive. Like, I throw in as much as I can yeah, yeah. about, like, funny liberal comics. And I asked Jesse something, and he goes, you know, I'm just going to use this time to tell the audience that you're not actually awful. And you're really funny in breaks. And I'm sorry that they don't get to see that side of you. And I was like, I'm funny in the midst of segments. Sure and you and are. he was like... No, people don't really think that, which I get, <laughs> but um, I appreciate it that Davenport, Iowa. Yes. And for 22 seconds of the five, uh-huh. viewers knew that I rocked. Did they ever? You threw yeah. it down and you hung on the rim. Shout out to Waters. Uh, no, listen, I'm not telling you you should primary Biden, but in a caucus state, you, you got some heat in Davenport. All right. You could jump in there. It could be you. But you. they're not. I mean, now that it's South Carolina first. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. I mean, not that they were. Well, first caucus. I hate that. Like, oh, it's a caucus versus a primary. Yeah. And it's like. And it's complicated. We just had a caller co- co- explain poo. it. Yeah, well, you get it. Jessica Tarloff's in studio. The crowd goes wild. They're excited. <laughs> uh, of course, the question on everybody's mind. Stephen A. Smith spoke yesterday on Hannity. Uh, he is a very prominent NBA analyst. Uh, let's start there. Who's going to win the NBA finals? We're 1-1 right now. So I am such a zombie heat enthusiasts uh-huh. uh, really just I, I love jimmy butler but like i'm all in on heat culture and okay. i like that all of the analysts now are like we have to stop mocking heat culture yeah, like, yeah. this is legit they like eric spolstra too well like, who wouldn't like the guy who came from the video room yeah and is is so brutal that he told ramona shelburne that she had an untrained eye <laughs> right like he's 
And just how he looked, that he has the top button of his polo done all the time. And you know that he's also just like a wild freak when he's off duty. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a good time. I'm in Miami, guys. But uh, (laughs) I still have Denver in six. I think Jokic is just too good. Okay, no. it, it, It has seemed like his year up until now. But the Heat got off the mountain game, too. I thought they were about to get blown out. So they showed yeah. me something on the road. And it's really, I mean, everyone has said this, maybe not on network, but if you listen to any sports analysis, like, when did Gabe Vincent become a $20 million a year player? And, like, they just, they're like the guys who scam, like, white men can't jump, like, uh-huh. who show up at the playground. Hustlers. And you look at them and you're like, <laughs> there's no way. And then Kyle Lowry is like, I may look like I weigh 7,000 pounds, but I'm going to trip you. And <laughs> like when Chris Paul says that a player is dirty, you yeah. know that they're really dirty. Because <laughs> Chris Paul is playing prison rules every game. Totally. Chris Paul is. I love this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's cycle through the other races right now. You've got the Stephen A. Smith on Biden. Mm-hmm. He says he's too old. Uh, did you get a kick out of that? No. I mean, Stephen A., and it's a weird thing because obviously it's mm-hmm. like the sweepstakes for who's going to yeah, yeah. Uh, replace Shannon, uh, Shannon Sharp with Skip Bayless. So there's like a lot of like wild stuff going on in terms of like what they're saying. And he's this, you know, he's a soundbite guy. I didn't mm-hmm. like what he said mm-hmm. the week before about Democrats like not reaching out to black voters that like we don't care about what happens in Chicago or Baltimore. Um, but that sandbag fall, even though yeah. all of us would have tripped, has sent shockwaves through the ecosystem. Yeah. Of just how vulnerable he is. Yes. And I get it for that. And he was talking about Chris Christie, and I was just on with um, Sandra and John. Mm-hmm. And if if you want a Republican that can appeal to people who are independents or Democrats, it is Chris Christie. I was going to ask you He ran a that. blue state. Uh-huh. Well, so let me give you this, okay? Because Chris Christie, to his credit, you're right about that, ran New Jersey. And in 2012, had like a legitimate shot at the presidency. Yeah. And he waited his turn, as they say in politics, which is the worst thing on earth you could ever and do. And then did a bridge gate. Yeah. And then he shut down a bridge. A couple of people got fired in place of him. It wasn't the best moment uh, for the governor. But he just made some headlines on The View. Let's play this, because they were just talking about him on The View. And as I hope they were not it, making crude comments. No, they didn't do that uh, so much as uh, they went after each other, as they are wont to do. Oh. Let's hear. I, this just came in from Josh, so we should react in real time. Take it away, Josh. Chris, Chris populist party that's, that's not even not conservative. Chris Christie. He's a spineless, soulless. Uh, First time in 83 that's, years. That's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 Chris Christie is, is, is not uh, a factor here in, in my view. I think Why do you he, think he's joining? I think he's pugilistic. I think he wants power. I think he wants so much power that in 2017 he closed public beaches to all of New Jersey except for his family and his son so he could have his son's birthday party on the beach. I think he thinks How does he get special. power by entering think, the race? Though, I think he thinks he's he special. But what scares win. me, Alyssa, is that you are incapable of defending a man that you worked for, that you I know am not, of. Oh, no, no. Why don't you, you ask me a question rather than... You need to hear, I did ask you a question. She oh, did. I had a point and, I wanted and you, to And make. you said that you needed to hear more from him. And I don't need to hear more from Pence for several reasons. Because when I lived well, in Well, you Indiana, just accuse me of something, so why don't you let me actually answer? You're not going to no, vote for a Republican no, ever. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to finish what I'm going to say. Ooh, so Estrogen the- is a nasty drug. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone hate each other more than the cast of The View? I, from what I read, I, I really have no idea because uh-huh. I'm, I'm like liberal shunned yeah, because yeah. I work here. Like no one really wants to be my friend outside of the building, which is bleak because a lot of conservatives don't want to be my friends either. Um, it seems really bad. Yeah. And they seem to like her more than they liked Meghan McCain. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they hated the Meghan maester. McCain was like. 
she's the real stuff, yeah. right? Like if you're made of what John she, McCain is made of, yeah. that's legit GOP You'll, bona fides. And she'll stand her ground. Differently than like, excuse me, uh-huh. like what did you just say about me? Like that's I don't a, know what that is. That's a good was. point. Like Megan, uh, to her credit, she doesn't fold politically. Okay, Alyssa no. will Alyssa will fold politically. It's just because she took a shot at her character that she kind of jumped in there for a second. Yeah, but this is there was an op-ed on Friday that came out from a longtime viewer of uh-huh. the View mm-hmm. that in the New York Times that said the View is not the View anymore. Yeah, like Elizabeth Hasselbeck mm-hmm. was a strong conservative. Yeah, right, like mm-hmm. strong enough to come over here and do Fox and Friends yep. and and defend being pro-life, to talk about religion, to talk about all these things that, you know, Alyssa Farah, and I, I don't care, more more votes for us. Like, I'm perfectly happy with it. But, <laughs> you know, if you're, like, Comey should probably stop calling himself Impartial. a Republican anymore. Yeah. And I think that that's fine. Yes. Trump has completely shifted the parameters mm-hmm. of all of this. But people are going to need to figure out a defense for all of these candidates. Well, that's what's getting And they're going to have to say it out loud because the stuff that makes Pence, quote, worthy of the job mm-hmm. – not in my eyes because I don't think that he is, but it's about icky stuff that people who like Trump can't deal with, right? Yeah. Like certifying the election mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. But if you can't talk about it and how you ended up at a day where there was a noose waiting for you outside because of his crazy supporters. Because he doesn't want to alienate his voters. But this is what I wanted to ask you really quick. Jessica Tarlow's in studio because I think you're, you're making an excellent point here uh, because nobody wants to – they need the Trump support, but they don't want to alienate it. So right. my question to you is – are they counting on, okay, are, are this many people getting into the race knowing that Christie's not knows he's not going to be Trump, Pence knows he's not going to be Trump, but are they looking at this race behind the scenes as a what if Trump is no longer in it because of a federal indictment? I think that it has to be jail, and I don't think it's indictment. We already have an indictment yeah. and a li- it, it's being liable. It does look flimsy, right. though. I, that di- if that the rumors are true and yes. what it looks like in the Jack Smith investigation uh-huh. that we could have an indictment this week and now we mm-hmm. hear about the weird pool draining schedule. Like yeah, I don't yeah. want to hear anything more about Hillary's server in the toilet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now we have a, a whole pool. <laughs> but again, we drained. don't know if it's true. And a lot of these anonymously sourced bombshell reports with Trump. Well, never we do are. have him on tape that he had but, a document but, about. But we haven't heard the tape. That's what I mean. Okay. Either his, some of his voters Continue. will never care. Uh-huh. That's just it, and that's the end of it. He could be in jail, and he can run the country from jail. Technically, <laughs> um, I checked. You know they have the longest yard. Remember that movie? <laughs> now he's the president. <laughs> but they, um, I think that people are thinking that if they get in a shot or two uh-huh. that turns some voters, mm-hmm. that they have a chance at one guy. That it has to be left one on one, right? Yeah, and like Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are not getting out before South Carolina, yeah, right? Like they're going home, mm-hmm. so you're going at least to Super Tuesday, yeah. with that. But Chris Christie, I mean, I was rewatching the debate footage of when he decimated Marco Rubio, crushed him, crushed him, little Marco. There he went, right, and. Chris Christie, I think, is the smartest guy on that stage. He has the most impressive career. Mm -hmm. He has an incredible record, putting aside Bridgegate. But people left his administration in New Jersey when it was done and said – I mean the voters when he was leaving. And, like, they didn't look back and say this guy destroyed our state. No. Right. At what – at all. And he can have that conversation with DeSantis. Like, you're you're a good governor. I was a good governor. Let's talk about it. Yeah. He was a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And he argues the case. And yeah. this was something, you know, people made a lot of fun of Kamala Harris. She was exceptionally effective when interviewing people for Senate confirmations yeah. or uh, whatever the right term is for it. But also with Mike Pence. He says, you know, I took on Kamala Harris. You lost. 
Did you, though? I didn't think that, though. I didn't think that. I mean, all we talked about was the fly on his head. Well, yeah. Do you remember anything else he said? No, but that wasn't Kamala. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... But that was his appearance. You Uh didn't walk away from the debate. Like, we all remember when Mm. Mitt Romney said, or when Obama said to Mitt Romney, you know, like, the Cold War called and, like, they'd like their politics back But wasn't that funny that this many years later, everyone's obsessed with Russia? It is funny. Yeah. How about that? I mean, not really ha-ha funny. The things we might, we might be quantifying victory on different frequencies, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. A, a I think bug landing on a guy does not qualify in my book. As no, no, a victory no. I'm just Kamala. saying there was nothing memorable. That's the problem. There's nothing memorable about Mike Pence. Oh, except I don't that he win. saved democracy. I, 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 op- I open this show by saying that I think these guys are getting in because they think Trump's going to be forced to get out. That's what I. That's what I said, and it's not a popular thing to say in talk radio. But I don't get any other motivation for doing it because they're both relevant. Well, I think it's guys the already on TV. stuff. Frankly, you know, and Sonny's describing Chris Christie. She's describing any politician. Yeah, he wants power. He's obsessed with himself. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's better than everyone. He's smug. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Literally everybody <laughs> on both sides. I mean, you have to really think highly of yourself to think that you should have the top job in the world. I can run the world. Right. Yes. Which brings me to the people running Biden behind the scenes. What must they think of themselves to be running this for another term? I'm kidding. But what do you make of uh, – like, I think they're pretty proud of themselves. He's done super well. Again, we're <laughs> quantifying progress on different frequencies here. But I, I want you to stand by your record, as you know. Um, but what, what I was going to say to this, Bill Barr is yeah. interesting. Uh, he did say this document, which, again, I don't consider this a deliverable. I don't think people are going to the polls in 2024 based on Biden corruption. They're just not, especially if it's cor- if if it if it winds up being corruption that occurred when he was the vice president. of the United- I, I don't even, I don't think people care. I think I think both parties, to some extent, are being led down roads that don't actually yield them voter support. Like in the midterms. OK, the Republicans fought a lot of battles, but the Democrats staved off a red wave because of abortion. I mean, yeah. that's reality. OK. And I think so you got that saved off a red wave because when you're pregnant, you don't get your period. Oh, wow. Look at that. I didn't know. I wasn't going Don't there. I get like a noise <laughs> for that or something? <laughs> Jessica Tarloff is here and she brought jokes. There it is. Sorry. A little late. Period no, jokes no, aren't fantastic. that great. But it was fantastic. How has no one said that before? Yeah. Well, we weren't, you know. Because it's gross. And you're, you're just, not a, you're just ahead of your time. Okay. What can I tell you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but two things. Let me ask you this. Do you think the age issue becomes an issue with prominent people speaking out about it? Like Stephen A. Smith, is, is his opinion carries weight in the black community and certainly the sports community at large. Do you think are, – are you concerned that a larger conversation about Biden's cognitive state could become an issue when it's too late for the Democrats? Meaning right now it looks like he's going to sail in the nomination. Right. Um, I don't know what too late means. I think that things have to substantially change from where they are for Mm -hmm. us to be in any sort of crisis mode. And when you're 80, that can happen a lot quicker than when you – I mean DeSantis is 44 years old. I think the debates are going to be very difficult if it isn't Trump and it's a DeSantis or anyone – 65 and below, you're just going to see a quicker person and a slower person. Yeah. Um, No matter what you think about Mm -hmm. gaffes or how he presents, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I don't think it's a five alarm fire, but that exists in that piece on Monday, the New York Times piece about his schedule, which Medina, we were talking about the five, and she used to call it a puff piece. I said it's a hit piece to me. Yeah. If I'm a Biden supporter, mm-hmm. which I identify as, and <laughs> I read that and it it tries to make me feel better that he keeps the sa- kept the same. Obama didn't start work technically before 10 either, right, mm-hmm. in terms of public events, but he did twice as many afterwards. And you have all of these anonymous quotes from important people like donors, yeah, right? Yeah. So obviously what happened 
and Dana pointed this out, is a bunch of important people came to the Times and were like, you can't use my name, mm -hmm. but we want this in the ether mm -hmm. that we're effing freaking out. Wow. So that, that would that would qualify as a hit right. piece Right, but me. Stephen A. Smith, it's interesting because I'm not sure how much cultural currency these guys have. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Charles Barkley played a seminal role in getting Doug Jones elected in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I think he matters yeah. in a way mm -hmm. that Stephen A., it's different, it's more talk. Obviously, he does the ESPN casts now, but, like, mm -hmm. I feel like Stephen A. is more like a clips guy yeah. than someone who is, like, speaking to your soul. Culturally influential. Yeah, like, Charles Barkley, I would say, is it right now mm -hmm. and that he he's gonna have a new tv show coming yes um which should be interesting with gail king mm -hmm. um he feels more influential to me but i also i'm not a yeah. member of the black community try as i might so <laughs> <laughs> jessica I don't tarloff know. uh listen i think he's gonna be a fabulous food fight for the, like the rest of the way it's doesn't it feel nice to have something actually to talk about remember when yep. it was like oh um, I think so and so may be considering getting into the race. What can you say about that? But now we're like, oh, I saw town halls. Now, no, no, now it's in motion. Like, yeah. And apparently they gave out a Groupon to run for president because everyone used it. The, Do you remember those? North Dakota, yeah. The North Dakota oh my governor God, just I know. got in. I asked, uh, I was on this guy, Garrett Ventry, who used to work for Grassley. I was like, who is this guy? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> I read, he has a lot of money. Yep. So that always helps you. But again, yep. to Sonny Hostin's point. That's everyone, yep. right? It's a vanity project. Yep. I don't know why it feels good to go and do something and yeah. lose, though. No, I, I'm with you there. You know, they say money can't buy happiness, and if it could buy the presidency, President Mike Bloomberg would be running for re-election right now, and that didn't exactly end great either. He would have been – I used to work for Bloomberg. He would have been an awesome president. Absolutely. I actually agree. Yeah. He's a good mayor But Elizabeth York. Warren, 36 yeah. seconds. Thanks for nothing, Pocahontas. Uh, to, I kid. Don't call her that. You stop We it. had been doing so well. Pineapple on that one. <laughs> Pineapple. There we go. Back after this. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. And it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to the great Jessica Tarloff. It's just fun to talk to the other side of the aisle. Some of you guys are already messaging me on Twitter, at Jimmy Fallon. How come you didn't tell her to go screw herself when she said this or that? That's not the point of these conversations. I just want you to hear what the other side is thinking. My job is not to convince people how to think. It's to give you all of the information and let you form your own opinion. That's the whole point of America is at the end of the day, we're all doing our own walking, talking talk show. That's what we are. So we will continue in the next hour. Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee senator, will come by, likely shoot down every point Harloff made. That's her job. She's the senator. I'm just the chubby guy talking to you on the radio. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That's us. We are number one in the rankings. Numero uno. When it comes to the planet of Earth, it is not an everybody gets a trophy world. If you're the number one country, it's because you're the number one country. I mean, are we still playing championship ball as we speak? The answer would be no. No, not even a little. Uh, we've probably pound for pound. Got the worst guy in charge in the history of this organization. Come on, man. No, it's a mess, but we're going to try to clean it up in this hour. Marsha Blackburn's coming by. She's a Tennessee senator. You're welcome as well. 888-788-9910. And we're just going to be doing, you know, there's a lot going on right now. We've got 85 people running for the Republican nomination. Those frickin' Canucks up in Canada. 
<laughs> Somebody smoked a cigarette in the woods. Now my whole city is smogged out. That's just how white folks will do you. Thanks, Canucks. Uh, you know, got that going on. A little bit of a mess. The word on the street is UFOs stopped by. What the hell did you just say? We'll give you that update from the Air Force as well. This <laughs> is crazy. It's bananas. Okay, and then we will have a little more to get into uh, over the border, where our our mayor man, uh, mayor, mayor Eric Adams. You got you got to understand this. Okay, I played your clip yesterday. Mayor Adams wants to pay residents to house migrants to live inside their homes. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> On so many levels. Somebody broke the the law to get into this country illegally, but we'll give you 100 bucks so you can live in your apartment. Okay, if they broke the law to get into the country, they might break a few laws while they're living in your place, number one. Number two, if you eventually need them to leave, you can't get a tenant out right now. Okay, how are you getting a tenant on behalf of the United States government out? The answer is you're not doing it. That's true. That is true. Never mind the risks you take. Uh, the 200 people on the terror watch list have made it into the border uh, that we know of so far. Then there's the ones we don't know of. I mean, we've had over a million gotaways. We've had six million people come into this country illegally. OK, six million people. You understand under Joe Biden's wife, six million people. You have no idea how to defend a nation. I do. You shut the frickin' border. It's the front door of the house. That's the issue we're facing right now, is we're not debating American issues from a standpoint of how it affects all of us. Right now, issues get debated based on how they'll help one side capitalize via votes at the polls. That's what it is. Okay, like if we were having an honest conversation, if black lives mattered to the Democratic Party in the summer of 2020, we wouldn't have talked about defunding the police. Might have talked about increasing training. You know what else we would have talked about? fortifying the failing city schools. But because the teachers union is the biggest lobbying arm of the Democratic Party, did anyone want to talk about school choice? The answer would be no. Right now as we speak, will anyone talk about school choice? The answer would be no. No. It's Democrats get on TV every day. Oh, the Republicans are racist. They don't look out for the black community. As the Democrats themselves trap black students in failing city schools. That's reality. That is reality. Okay. So you understand, we're not debating these issues from how do we help the people we purport to care about. When it comes to the border, okay, border security got decried as racist under Donald Trump because he said build a wall. But the funniest thing about build a wall is the previous two presidents built some wall. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But think about that. George W. Bush, Democrats voted overwhelmingly for the Border Fence and Protection Act. They voted for it again under Barack Obama. They were building a wall. And Trump came down the escalator and was like, build a wall all the way. And they were like, hell no, that's racist. And that's what our politics became. They didn't believe it was racist to secure your southern border. Every country in the world tries to do it because the border is the front door of the house. You got to know who's coming in. You got to know who's going out. That's why the border wall is there. It's, no, it's there for the same reason there's a front door in your house. You didn't put a door in your house because you're racist. Okay, you put a door in the house because it would help to know who's coming in and out in the middle of the night. It just would. Okay, call me old-fashioned, but it would. But you understand, because we decried this as racist, we're no longer debating the issue from what's good for the country, which is why the country is suffering as a whole. Okay, this happens in every single issue. Okay, when it comes to biology, biological men, biological men competing against 
biological women. That's not right. Everyone in the country would have agreed three years ago that it wasn't right. Everyone would have agreed four years ago. Everyone would have agreed five years ago. Okay? Our values are changing. Doesn't mean science is. It means the Democrats are using social pressure to change societal values. And they don't do it by debating whether or not this is right or just or good for the country or bad for the country. If we're debating whether or not biological men competing against women is good for women, it's a really short debate. We know it's not. You think about the movie Rocky Three. It's a fictitious example, but it's a good one. Okay? If Mr. T changed his name to Mrs. T and now got to fight Adrian instead of Rocky, okay? This could be a problem. For Adrian. Okay, it's not a problem for you. You're going to go out and bet your money on Mr. T, and you're going to win pretty easily. Okay, this idea that men don't have a biological advantage over women, and in some instances, it's really pronounced. Okay, we're kidding ourselves. We're kidding biology when we do that. But what the Democrats succeed in doing is creating a gap between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. That's how this works, okay? People know you secure your border. It's the front door of your house. They believe that to be true. But the Democrats yelled racism so hard, they're like, I'm not going to support this border wall guy. I don't want to be one of the racists. It's the same thing going on right now with men competing in women's sports. They had created a gap between what people believed to be true and what they were willing to say. They screamed and yelled. Okay, you better you better accept Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, 422nd ranked male swimmer in the country, ranked 422 as a male, switches to a woman, okay, and becomes the number one ranked female swimmer in the country. Okay, if the 422nd ranked male can be the number one female swimmer overnight, okay, there is a clear-cut biological advantage between men and women. I think he's got a point. So you understand, we're not debating this over issues of biology. We're not debating this over issues of fairness. We're debating this over how can one side capitalize. The Democrats want you to believe that if you support biology, you are an oppressor. You are a transphobe. It's going to lead to a spike in suicides. You want to deny these people the right to pursue their best life. But here's a newsflash. Nobody, nobody is saying trans men can't compete in sports. They keep framing the argument under false pretenses. They go, oh, no. How are you going to deny them the right to to compete? Sports are so valuable to the development. First of all, if you're caring about anyone's development, you don't give them hormone blockers to stop their physical development. You don't send them in for surgery, okay, and reconfigure their bodies, which will, of course, make them susceptible to a lifetime of follow-up surgeries and more medications, okay? If this is about letting someone develop, okay, I got to be honest with you. You're on the wrong side of this one, people on the left. You are, okay? It doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean you're my enemy, okay? It doesn't mean trans people don't have a right to exist and be accepted in our society. But what the Democrats are doing is they're manufacturing a civil rights movement. They want you to believe, they want you to believe there is an oppressed group of people in this country similar, similar to where black Americans were before the civil rights movement. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, but that's exactly what they're doing. Okay, black people were oppressed in this country. They were held back. They were enslaved. Okay, they were denied rights. Okay, we've overcome all of that. We've overcome all of that. Okay, at the time of the civil rights movement, black people couldn't eat at the same lunch counter as white people. Certainly couldn't hold office. 
okay, hold most jobs, okay, the high school graduation rate when Tim Scott's mom was born was 10% in the black community. Now it's above 90. And, yes, the schools are still failing. We should improve on that, but we should also measure the progress that's been made generation over generation. But the point is the trans community isn't being denied any right other than the right to erase biological women. If you are a trans man, meaning a biological man, you can compete in sports. Go swim against other biological men. Okay, just because you identify as a woman doesn't mean it's fair to women for you to compete with a biological advantage against them. We don't do that. That's not a right. You're actually taking away someone else's right to a level playing field. Okay, Title IX was supposed to level the playing field for women. They've now turned it into Title IX inches. Okay, it's bananas, and it's not fair to women. But we're not having a debate over whether or not it's fair to women. We're having a debate over a false pretense that anyone sticking up for women is a transphobe, that anyone sticking up for women is, is a, you know, is a hate monger, wants to get people killed. Okay, Paula Scanlon, she swam at the University of Pennsylvania with Leah Thomas, and she's going down the Riley Gaines route. Okay, these girls were forced to swim with Leah Thomas, and they weren't allowed to say anything because at the time, the gap between what people believed to be true and what they were willing to say was so vast that they didn't speak up. They just watched Leah Thomas win, and they just sat there and were like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want any blowback. That's where the Democrats are successful. They scream at you until you either shut up and go along to get along, or you might be a silent voter who votes against them. But the point is you don't get a lot of backtalk because people don't want to be shamed out of polite society. Here is Paula Scanlon. She's on Ingram. Uh, clip 36. I think one of the biggest things for me is just seeing how much this has have changed in the last year. Right? I thought maybe this won't continue to happen to other sports. Maybe the swimming is the exception. And I've seen this blow up. There's cases of the track people in California. There is cycling, um, skateboarding. Every single sport, women's sport imaginable, has been infiltrated by biological males competing on the women's team. And I decided that you know, it's okay if I get some hate and I shouldn't be scared anymore because I need to use my voice and encourage other women to speak out against unfair competition. Okay, listen, I got to be honest with you. She's not wrong. I'll give you a little more of it, too, okay, because she talks about how the athletic department was trying to silence them. Good for these girls. When you talk about courage, when you talk about all the awards, bravery, all the things we're lauding online, the women that are actually willing to speak up right now are still in the minority. Most are going along to get along because what they do with social pressure campaigns is they prey on good people. They tell good people, this would make you a bad person, so shut up. This would make you intolerant. This would make you inconsiderate. This would make you a bigot. Good people don't identify with intolerance. They don't identify with bigotry. They don't want to be perceived as a bad person. So people who want their brand to be good, people who are inherently good, back down. Okay, but there are a lot of people who have been driven to this other place now where they realize all of this virtue signaling, none of which is backed by science or fact or fairness, is becoming a liability for them. So they're starting to push back. Okay, transgenderism, I know you've watched this, has become a major, major culture front, culture war, major, okay, and rightfully so. The Democrats think it's to their advantage, not because they know people believe them. The overwhelming majority of people don't want little kids getting these surgeries. Okay, but they know they're able to wield that social pressure like it's a pistol whipping. They can pistol whip people into compliance. Paula Scanlon flat out said to the Daily Wire that the athletic department was trying to keep them quiet. Clip 37. There was something going on 
in that athletic department that wanted to keep us quiet. And I was like, this is getting scary. Did you ever find out what was said to this? uh, Not directly, but it was two days later that they had that formal meeting with us. And notably, Leah was excluded from this meeting. They said, don't talk to the media. You will regret it. Uh, Is that a direct quote? You you will regret it? Yep. Uh, Another thing they said is, Leah's swimming is a non-negotiable. And then they provided us with counseling services to help us be okay with um, to help us be okay with Leah swimming. Wow. So that's her going on record, putting her name behind it. She was anonymous in the interview she did with the Daily Wire, participating in that What is a Woman documentary. Okay, she went on Ingram. Uh, she's now out. She's now speaking openly to this because they realize they've been wronged. These girls were forced to coexist in a locker room with a guy walking around with his junk out. And we were all supposed to pretend this was okay. Like, we never had a problem in this in the past. Yes, we did. But this is the problem with the transactional nature of identity politics now. Forget about moving the goalpost of what we considered to be standard operating procedure. They're relocating the team to another city. Okay? This is like the the Indianapolis Colts fleeing Baltimore in the dead of night and Mayflower moving vans in the snow. And moving out to Indianapolis, okay, they have relocated the team when it comes to what we accepted as, as fair decorum, as fair competition. Okay, it's a scam. We're not debating this over right and wrong. We're debating this from the standpoint of what will benefit the Democrats the most politically. And they want you to believe they're the party of feminism. But if you haven't watched women swimming anytime soon, you can take my word for it that they're not. to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you were watching me on Gutfeld last night, I teamed up with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. We had a grown-up talk about all things America, one of which was this report out of the Air Force that we've had some unidentified aerial phenomena uh, captured by our military. Blake is in Tyler, Texas. He knows things. Yo, Blake. Yeah, hey, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I was, a, I was a kid back in the middle 60s. My mom and I were driving out in the west suburbs on a four-lane out looking mm-hmm. out towards the, the, the hill country. 
And the phenomenon that we saw was inexplicable. It was immense. It was geodesic, and it had was multifaceted, and it was obviously not from this world. Really? So I know these phenomena has been recorded in the historical petroglyphs and in uh, other items of history. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that we are the Wally world of the advanced extraterrestrial civilizations that exist out in the universe. So are you saying we can we can close the park when they get here like they did at Wally World? Well, if we do that, it might be to our detriment because we're all stacked up with nukes and perhaps it can help us at least in a limited capacity to keep us from destroying ourselves. That would help. But I believe they have a I believe there's a there's a cosmic code almost like there's a you know, we have our Savior here on Earth as a human beings, mm-hmm. and we were created in the we were created in the image of God. So there must be something about the hominid species that exists throughout the universe, and I believe that they have their own Savior that is there to help them preserve well, themselves. But listen, you know, they I, leave us alone. We have the free will to live our lives as we are. I, but I agree. I believe that they will try to intervene. Well, if, if they do, Blake, I'm coming up against a commercial break. But if they land and they want to talk, I'm putting you in charge of negotiations after that. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Going to be joining us in the next break. Her opening act, Alex, out in Brooklyn, New York. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking a call. What's up? Uh, It's pretty tough out here in New York City, you know, because somebody decided to burn their masks in Canada because he thought COVID was over. The (laughs) CDC said that. Now I got to wear masks here. Oh, that is. I called a cab this morning, Uh and the driver showed up with a mask. So that was like pretty scary. I get into the car, and he starts yelling at me, put your mask on. I don't want to catch it from you. (laughs) This is freaky stuff. But uh, Listen, when you were talking with Jessica Tarlow about him, I like when you have her on. She's not not a corrupt person. She's just a Mm -hmm. Democratic entertainer, so she's good stuff. Mm -hmm. But she was mentioning, you were talking about the New York Times article that Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Biden goes to sleep, uh, wakes up at 12 and works till 4 p.m., right? Yeah. I don't mind that. I think that's pretty good because if you think about it, the only positive thing about this presidency is that Joe Biden sleeps a lot because that's the only time he doesn't sign executive orders and destroy the country. Yeah. So I'm like, if if they want to have a good campaign slogan for 2024, it should be, if you vote for Joe Biden for 2024, he'll be sleeping two hours more a day in 2025 because he'll be a little older. Yep, his, but, his, his campaign man. slogan to finish the job should be finish the nap. That's what they should have went Finish to. the nap. Finish yeah, the nap that. to Harris Falk. Uh, yeah, yeah. You were, yep, yep, I heard that. I'm not uh, and that. then the other thing you were talking to her about, she said that, uh, everybody would have slipped over that sandbag. That's not true. Yeah. There were other people on the podium at that academy. Of course. He was the only one that slipped. No, he, listen, it's a liability. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a liability. Like, they don't, they don't want to own that. You know, it's like, I let Tarlov come on. I don't joust with her because I really right. want people to hear the other side's view. 
And if you just mm-hmm. cut him off, cut him off, cut him off, no one comes away they from it with back. anything. Well, it's not even that. She'll come back because, you know, but, but the thing is, you don't learn anything as a listener. You don't hear them articulate their viewpoints. And, yep. you know, so when I, I listen to her points and the one she was making about Stephen A. Smith, is she's like, well, Barkley matters. I don't know that Stephen A. does. And she's basically saying Barkley matters because he aligns with a lot more of her views than Stephen A. does on this Biden issue. So we're just dim- dismissing the relevance. But Stephen A. is it's relevant. Not, and you don't need Stephen uh, A. Smith to tell you Biden. Biden looks old and we don't know where he's going. Yeah, but listen, I don't like that Stephen A. Smith is, is, is getting, you know, 70 percent of Democrats don't want him to be the nominee. If he gets more Democrats, 30 percent outraged about Joe Biden being the, the nominee, then he might not be the nominee in the end, because at some point there's a breaking point where the handlers are going to say, we just can't put Joe Biden up. He's not going to get a single vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, don't own it for us. We need him in the, in the general election because that's <laughs> the easiest way to win. That's but I really funny. like where you get Tarlov on because you, you bring out a different side to most of your guests when, that come on, except yep. when you had Bill Barr. He's the only guy that <laughs> doesn't change. You, oh, you I was stop noticing that. That's funny. No, but he's also good stuff. But, yeah, he's great. You, know, you bring out a different side to the other guys, but I also want to say a short thing that, you know, Joe Biden, we saw him fall four times, right? Mm-hmm. And this is in public. The guy is almost always in Delaware, inside or in the White House. Oh, yeah. So if you could just imagine what goes on in the White House when he's in the bathroom. Oh, no, the they actually, years. the White House is actually a bouncy castle inside now, so he doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> No, I've seen Unless they got him in a wheelchair, right? Because no. we should be seeing him with black and blue marks from his head to his toes every no, single no. time he's, he comes out the public. When he's behind cameras, he's off camera. They have him walking around in hockey goalie pads. I've actually seen it. <laughs> I kid. Good stuff, Alex. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. Be well. There he goes. Alex out in Brooklyn says Biden's a mess. I mean, listen, I don't know how you argue. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I do not know if you can. I don't. I mean, it's it's a mess right now. And it's become a, you know, a little bit of a focal point. But basically what happens, okay, just so you guys understand, I own a politics to English dictionary. That's my superpower. I can translate what's going on. I kind of cover politics through the lens of sports, who's winning, who's losing, why. And I'm always trying to, you know, give you some understanding into what is, you know, the motivating force behind some of these actions. Like I said earlier in the show, Christie and Pence are getting in. They don't think they can beat Trump, but they're hoping the feds beat Trump, at which point they're running against an entirely different looking Republican field. That's their motivation. They do not get in with a straight face believing they can beat Donald Trump. There's no way. Okay, between the two of them, they're not pulling at a combined one percent. So think about that. But if the feds indict Trump a second time, they'd have a shot. That's the motivation for them. That's what they think. They're trying to interpret this, the fact that Trump and his lawyers met with the DOJ again uh, and that Trump has been posting on Truth Social that he seems to think he's getting indicted. They're reading into that. Okay, that's what's going on there. But on the Democratic side, okay, why are places like the New York Times quoting anonymous donors who say Biden's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Because this is the very limited window they have to get him off the ticket. I'm not saying he's coming off the ticket, but the people who want him off the ticket have a very limited window before we're actually engaged in a full-on race for the White House. Do I expect Biden to be a part of it? No, I expect him to send his surrogates out if he's running. I expect him to run an Oval Office campaign. Okay, he didn't run in 2020. There were more Bigfoot sightings than there were Joe Biden sightings in the summer of 2020. If you saw if you told somebody you saw Biden in 2020, they didn't believe you. They're like, put on your tinfoil hat, you maniac. You didn't see Joe Biden. That guy doesn't leave the house. Shut up. What's wrong with you? Get back on your meds, you loony. Okay, that's what they did. And this time around, he's not going to run either. There won't be COVID to hide behind. He'll just do less. The media doesn't really call it out that much. Okay, people are trying to within the party because they don't think he's beatable. See, this is the concern. The media is hell-bent on getting Trump to be the nominee because he's so good for ratings 
and he has enough negatives that Biden would have a legitimate shot of beating Trump. I'm not saying he will, but he'd have a very good shot of beating Trump, better shot than he would against anybody else out there. So the media, for the fact that they want ratings and the fact that they want Biden to win re-election, are really hoping it happens to be Trump. The Democrats behind the scenes are praying it's not Biden. They don't want Biden, okay? They don't want Biden on that ticket because the Democrats don't think it's going to be Trump at the tippy top of the party. And they're concerned Biden's going to be running against somebody half his age, at which point it's going to be a real liability for them. So there's a fascinating behind-the-scenes jostling going on right now. I do not know how it'll shake out. But Marsha Blackburn, superstar senator from Tennessee, she's going to be joining us in the next break to tell us what she knows. She will spill the tea right here on Fox Across America. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Okay, this country is a mess. But we have found the one woman who can clean it up and get it under control. Superstar Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn back on the show. Hello, Senator. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm right now. I'm uh, I'm weighing an offer from my mayor to have illegal migrants move into my apartment. What do you think? Should I go for it? I, I think that it probably would be a tough lift for you. And here's the reason why. Okay. If you're going to have people come into your home to stay in your home, it means you've got to clean up your home. You know, <laughs> uh, the way we need to take a broom and clean up the federal government and uh, do a good house cleaning. Jimmy would have to get with it and clean the house. Well, Mar- Mar- Senator Blackburn, did you just come on my show and, and stave an intervention? for me? Is that what's going on right now? Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, the people who are closest to you say, hey, you know, let him keep talking about that because maybe we can get him to clean the place up. <laughs> so this is you and Eric Adams are conspiring. I see what's going on here. I did not see yeah. that one coming. Um, well, yes, I'm with you, though. On uh, I will stand my ground on my own uh, abode, but I will tell you the federal government needs some cleaning up. Uh, there's so many weird things going on. I don't even know where to start with you today because it's just a mess. But, um, you know, being in the Senate, you're walking around Washington right now there to to the outsiders. It just feels like everything's on fire. Where is the focus on the inside? The focus on the inside this week is they're trying to push some of these nominees. Mm -hmm. You know, they keep sending us people nominated to be a federal judge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want to be on the appellate court, sometimes on the district court. Mm -hmm. But, Jimmy, what we have is people who are activists. They do not have one minute of judicial experience. They've never been a state judge, a city judge, a county judge, a county fair judge. They've never been a judge. But yet they want to go to the federal court. And uh, the Biden administration keeps sending these nominees that are unqualified because they want people who are going to be the yes man and carry the party line. And that's not what we should have in a court of law. And it is we're to have equal justice for all and everyone should be equal under the law. Imagine that. Uh, Nobody feels that way. If they're watching this situation play out, uh, whether it pertains to investigations into Donald Trump and even investigations into Joe Biden, we have one side of the aisle telling you, well, you know, 
these, this Biden thing, we're not going to share the form. We're not going to tell you what we know. On the other side, they're leaking everything known to man. Is that not a little bit of a two-tier justice system? It is a two-tiers of justice system, and people are tired of this. And the same thing goes uh, for other departments. Uh, look at people that are getting investigated by the IRS, and many times it's conservatives or people that have supported conservative causes. Look at what they do with censorship, with social media. Uh, look at what is happening with economic development. And then you could go to the Department of Energy with some of these green energy grants that are going to companies that are owned by drumroll, <laughs> big donors to Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. Yeah, that's the part that's such a racket. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. You know, when you start to talk about things that this administration is pushing, so many of them, and I think green energy would be the best example, is just an economic sellout to China. You know, it's 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 decimating, you know, our energy sector. But at the same time, it's not necessarily even making the, the world any cleaner, because I don't know that China in, you know, owning 75 percent of the patents, you know, for everything that has to do with electric cars is prioritizing the environment when they produce any of this stuff, are they? Oh, no, they're polluting like crazy. They're buying all the coal from us that they can buy. Mm -hmm. They want it all. India and China, uh, they're major, the majority of their electric power generation is off of coal. So, no, they're not about to abide by our standards. They need to keep their factories going. Has anybody ever been to Beijing on a Wednesday or a Thursday? It looks very similar to what it looks like right now with the Canadian fires coming Sheesh. in over over New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the smog yeah. just will wear you out. If you want to go for a run in Beijing, you better go on Monday morning because that's the best it's going to get. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we're looking out the window here in New York and it's everything is red. It looks like we're on Mars right now. But uh, I think as New Yorkers, we're kind of immune because it's not like we were breathing quality air before this. You know, well, it, it, no, you weren't. <laughs> but then uh, you've got a bunch of leftists that are are making policy decisions that are going to make things worse. I mean, look at what they're doing. No more gas stoves. Yep. So it's going to be hard to cook your food. Yep. Uh can't wash your clothes and get them clean. You got to run them through twice, so you're using twice as much electricity. Can't get the dishes clean, so you've got to wash them and then put them in the dishwasher, using more water, thereby using more energy. Uh, the decisions uh, sound good on paper, but Jimmy, you got to realize. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that are making these decisions went to college and then went to work for the federal government, and they have never had a real job. They have never driven a New York City taxi cab. There you go. They have never had that experience talking to real people about real problems because they're bureaucrats. So they're dealing with theories. They've not worked in the private sector. Mm -mm. They've not run a business. They've not made payroll. They don't know any of, of those experiences. So 
their life experiences are very, very narrow, very narrow. And uh, Tennesseans want you to have a broad range of experience before you start telling other people like to do. Like Loretta Lynn <laughs> would always tell people, not all learning comes from books. You got to go live a little. Thank you. Get Leave the library. Uh, listen, I was leaving the library before it was cool, Senator Blackburn. And I I'm, know you were. <laughs> I'm surprised you knew where the library was, well, unless you know. it was a bar named <laughs> the library. <laughs> so you could lie to your parents and say, I'm on my way to the library. A lot of, a lot of tough love today. Uh, the, the Comedy Central special of Senator Marsha Blackburn will be out next month. Make sure I get a ticket to the taping, okay? You got it. Have a great day, Senator. Thanks for your you time. <laughs> there she goes. Roughing up the champ. She says, clean up the house. Go to the library. Wow. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Essentially, so. the words of Senator Blackburn. I love that. That was actually great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but she's not wrong. Uh, I am a little bit of a hunt mess, and uh, I it probably is a surprise to my teachers that I wouldn't know where the library was. Uh, but the truth is, I am eminently more qualified to do most of the jobs in our government than the people doing them. Because a lot of times they're getting appointed, you know, in this era more than every other, you know, outside of merit. They're being appointed because they check boxes. That's where we are now. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, you think of him. He's the best example of this. It's my favorite one in the world. As Pete Buttigieg was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Okay, the population of South Bend, Indiana, isn't one one hundredth of the United States of America. But Pete Buttigieg's mayor of South Bend, Indiana, did such a poor job of keeping the infrastructure intact that he was nicknamed Pothole Pete. Okay, but because he ran for president and became a national name and agreed to drop out of the primaries and endorse Joe Biden, he was rewarded with a cabinet position. He is now the secretary, the transportation secretary in this country. We took a guy who couldn't handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana, and we put him in charge of every single road in America. Now, I'm telling you because I care, this is not a good idea. Okay, it's not. But Pothole Pete got the gig. Why? Because he checked a box. Well, we've never had a gay transportation secretary before. Hooray. That's great. But could we, I don't know, get a gay transportation secretary that knew how to keep an eye on the roads? I mean, think it's Sam Brinton, the guy that was stealing luggage in the Biden administration. He was in, he was in the cabinet. He was in charge of nuclear waste removal. Now, granted, if you looked at some of the pictures of the guy, he looked like he'd been chugging nuclear waste and knew, knew how to get rid of it, okay, with the orange everything. He's a weirdo. But what was he ultimately doing? He was stealing women's suitcases, hanging out at airports. This is a guy in the Biden administration. Now, if you run a cursory background check and you find out, yeah, this guy, every time he goes to the airport, he leaves with three suitcases that aren't his, you go, yeah, we probably don't want this guy representing the United States of America. But because we're living in an age where identity is everything and certain protected classes are now off limits and they're supposed to be, you know, adverse to critic, you can't take any criticism. Uh uh. Okay. They get jobs they're eminently unqualified for. Pete Buttigieg shouldn't be running a 5K, let alone the transportation department. Okay. We put Pothole Pete in charge of the roads. Seriously. Is the head of the DEA going to be a guy named Crackhead Ken? Are you going to leave education in charge of summer school Sal? I mean, that's essentially where identity politics takes you. Okay, I get on the air every day, and I'm like, yeah, the world's on fire. We're roasting radio marshmallows. Well, today Canada's on fire. 
<laughs> We're surrounded by red smog. And I'm trying to hold this place together. But those damn Canucks are raining down on us now, too. Thanks for nothing, Justin Trudeau. You know, I hope this guy was vaccinated, whoever started the wildfire. Because if not, Trudeau's going to imprison him for that. I mean, the arson's not the end of the world. He's like, New York's used to breathing smog. They'll be okay with that. But the point is, the show's over. Pay up and get out. You'll find me on a TV dial. We'll be back on the radio tomorrow. Until then, go live your best American life with or without the smog. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Do not be a... I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.